0: All right. Oh, yeah. When we uh, open up to Romans chapter eleven, so last week we uh, we, we kind of finished our narrative series, whereby we were preaching and speaking into the doctrine and the narrative of the Lord versus the doctrine, if you will, and the narrative of the earth, and. Um, yeah, I, I believe it was, it was very fruitful just to kind of rewrite the ship on certain elements of society that is transpiring. And as I was praying, I felt like the Lord was pulling my heart in a direction uh, to really sow some seeds uh, into what I believe the Lord wants to do on the earth and, and really seeds of, of faith of what I believe the Lord wants to do uh, here at Bristol Hope Assembly specifically. And so uh, let's open up to Romans uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 29. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Lord, we just come before you. We just ask for open hearts and open spirits, open minds, to hear your voice, not just to hear your voice, but to interpret your voice in the manner in which you want us to, that is aligned with your word, not aligned with our feelings and not even aligned with maybe things that have been taught to us in the past, but that we would align ourselves with your word. Amen? Amen. So Romans 11, 20, 29 is a really cool verse. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Um, if you go back to verse 25, Paul is speaking to the Romans, uh, to Gentile believers or a Gentile church, in verse 25, he says, for I do not desire, brethren, so I do not desire you Romans, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your opinion, that blindness in part, not totally, but in part, has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so also Israel will be saved as it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins." Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, right? So what's going on here in the book of Romans, essentially it's this, and I'll I'll give it to you like the short, sweet Dave version. The Romans are getting haughty, they think they're so special, they don't think the Jewish people still have their call on their life uh, in the spirit, so they're beginning to look down upon them. So Paul comes and he has to remind them of proper biblical doctrine. Whoa, 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 Romans. Uh, Don't you know that there has been a partial, not a total, a partial blindness that has come over Israel so that the gospel would actually come to you as well. But know this, that the callings of God are irrevocable. The calling that God has placed on the nation of Israel through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's still there. So don't get too haughty. Because the covenant of the Lord says that, in fact, he has made a covenant, a deliverer will come out of Zion, and that he will take away the ungodliness, not the ungodliness from the nations in this verse, ungodliness from the seed of Jacob, right? That there will be a, a turning to him. So don't get so haughty, right? That's, a, that's the day version, right? Uh, actually, I'm getting a little chilly if, if no one else is opposed. Yeah. I want, to, I want to lay that out there because it's, 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 small, it's a small piece of the sermon. That little section right there is a small piece of the sermon, which I, I don't know if you're going to really get the nuance in, 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 unless I, I laid out that foundation. All right, so the Lord has been speaking to me. I, I really believe that the Lord wants to do something on planet Earth right now. And I think a lot of people would be in agreement. And if I would have gave this word 20 years ago, you would have been in agreement as well. Uh, it, it's, it's a word that is always ready, but I feel like the Lord is really knocking on the hearts of the church, the bride of Messiah, uh, that he wants to drop a warrior spirit into us in the spirit. Okay? A warrior spirit, right? A go get him attitude, taking the land uh, kind of mentality. Um, And I believe that on the earth, interesting enough, and I I hate to even say this, but I think that the non-believing people of the earth are grabbing a part of that understanding before many people in the church. It's very interesting. But, you know, this is just coming upon me, because, you know, like I said, you could, you could, I could preach this message at any point in history, and people, I would hope, would be in agreement, but I feel like the Lord is really upping the, uh, the volume right now. You know, the little things and big things that have been coming up of a warrior or resistant spirit, like, we're not going to take it anymore, Right? We're going to be some form of spiritual soldiers, right? Anyone who's been following uh, the, the truck convoy of the United States and Canada, I mean, that's that like that's a resistance. It's like we, we're not going to comply uh, with, the, with the inappropriate exor- exercising of government authority and power, that we're not going to play that. We, we, we've refused to bend our knee to that. Now, that, that's largely being done by, I would assume, I can't completely say, but I imagine the majority of those people are probably not saved, right? They're not necessarily boarding again, but hey, maybe they are. I don't know, but they could be. Most of them are? A lot of them are? Okay, well, hey. Whatever the case may be, it's happening, right? Uh, A second thing, right, which I just, for some reason, and not just for some reason, I really believe it's the Holy Spirit, but, you know, this whole situation with Ukraine and Russia just really got me, got me thinking about things, to be quite honest, um, and this brings me back to Romans chapter 11, verse 29. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. All right? Now, I, there's, there's something here in the spirit. There's something here in the spirit with what has been transpiring this week. Um, and it really hit me pretty hard. Because when I, when I take a look at this situation, you know, at least in my short life, I feel in many regards that what's happening right now in Ukraine is really is the navigation of a resistance and a warrior mentality in the land that I, I haven't quite seen before. I mean, the stories that are coming out are just are unbelievable. One, you know, you, you shouldn't mess with these things like, Romans 11:29, 29, the callings of the Lord are irrevocable, right? So Putin starts, I'll give you a little current event thing here, right? Putin starts saying that there's like neo-Nazis in Ukraine and all this kind of crazy stuff, right? And then the, the, the president of Ukraine stands up on television and is like, I am the only Jewish leader in the entire globe outside of the nation of Israel. How can there be neo-Nazis in Ukraine if, if they elected me a Jewish leader? So what I'm saying here is the calling of the Lord is irrevocable. Russia just started a mess with one of the sons of Jacob. Not a good idea. The scriptures make it pretty clear. It's, it's, it does, never really goes well. It never really goes well when you do that. Okay? So the callings of the Lord are irrevocable. The callings of the Lord spoken on your life are irrevocable. Whatever the call and the calling that the Lord has placed upon your spirit... Before you were even formed in the womb, they're irrevocable. They're going to be there. And uh, I believe that Zelensky, who's been raised up as a leader of Ukraine, that there is a calling on his life to be a leader, not just a leader during a time of war and battle, but a leader in the gospel because that's the calling of the people of God. Amen? But this resistance that has been fallen on earth, I'm really hoping that the church can grab it um, because I, it just seems like we're not always grabbing these kind of sp- the spiritual realm the Lord wants to release, because we're too busy, you know, thinking about other things, like, you know, how much money I'm going to have in my bank account, and, and all this other kind of stuff, but man, I've just been so wrecked by some of these stories uh, that's happening in Ukraine. I just want to share a couple with you, because it really stirred in my heart and the things spiritually, not necessarily physically, but things in the spirit, because I'm assuming that many of these people who are doing these things are not necessarily believers, Right? Uh, I have family members that were missionaries in Poland and Ukraine. And they're like, like the gospel is like pretty much non-existent in the, that area of the world. It's, it's very hard ground, right? Uh, there was an 80-year-old man who showed up to uh, join the Ukrainian military with a bagged lunch. And they're looking at him like, what are you doing, buddy? He's like, I'm here for my grandchildren. I want to fight. Wow. Uh, there are two mayors. They're multimillionaires because they were both heavyweight champion boxers. Uh, And so they're worth millions and millions of dollars. And they announced, yeah, we're resigning to be, we're resigning our mayorship. You're like, are they going to, like, go to Europe? Are they going to go to America? And they're like, we're resigning. We don't want to be mayors because uh, we want to enlist in the military. Right? And if if you're a government official, you're not allowed to do that because being a mayor is more important than being a soldier. Like, no, it's not. I don't want to be a mayor. I want to be a soldier now. And they're worth millions of dollars. I mean, they could go hide out in Switzerland if they wanted to. And then on the other side, um, like, you know, I have never seen this in the former Soviet Union or the Soviet Union, the study of history. I mean, there were 150 Russian uh, government officials who wrote an open letter to the world condemning Putin's actions. Like, you don't get that in, like, authoritarian regimes. You, you don't, because it never goes well. But, like, we're doing it anyway. Last time I checked... 2,700 Russian protesters that have been protesting in the street saying this is an unjust war, this is wrong, have been arrested. One of my favorites. The 74th Rifleman of the Russian Brigade crossed over into the border of Ukraine. As soon as they cross over to the border of Ukraine, they put their guns down to the ground, they raise their hands and say, we surrender, this is an unjust war, we will not fight for Putin. We are surrendering. Here you go. Now we you? you know, wow, that's act of treason. That's treason that is abetting the enemy. It's not like you know, this is like heavy stuff. I can't give you the whole transcript. I promised my wife I wouldn't. Because it's full of colorful Ukrainian profanities. But it makes it so much better. But I promised my wife I wouldn't do it. She's like, Dave, you can't. I'm like, it's in quotes. You can't. I'm like, all right. She's not here, but, you know, all all of her closest friends, all of her closest friends are, right? This is epic. This little, I'll try to, I'll try to, I'll try to make it short. This little 80-year-old Ukrainian woman, little babushka lady, right? She walks over to this Russian soldier. She says, what are you doing here? Like, they, they have, you can watch the video. And they have it recorded, and someone translated it. This is the beauty of the technology, right? She says, what are you doing here? She says, well, we're, we're, the Russian soldier says, uh, we're doing military exercises. She says, are you Russian? And he's like, yeah. And then she just starts saying, like, you this, you that, like the F word, all this kind of stuff. How dare you be here, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, ma'am, ma'am, we just want to calm the situation. Please do not respond. We don't want to escalate the situation. She's like escalate the situation you little piece of poopy but she doesn't say poopy you invaded my country you're cursed and then the national flower of ukraine is a sunflower she then like if we can add insult to injury she goes in her pocket she grabs a handful of sunflower seeds she says now here take these sunflower seeds put them in your pocket So that when you die in my country, at least your body will fertilize the flower of Ukraine. Snake Island, 13 soldiers on practically an uninhabited island. Russian warship says, please put down your weapons. There's no chance. We have a major warship here. We will blow you 13 people away uh, without any questions. So please, we don't want bloodshed. Put down your weapons and a ukrainian soldier said to his colleague turn up the volume on the radio and the speaker and he just said a very not nice thing to the russians and then the russians mowed all 13 down what is this this is an uninhabitable wasteful nothing nothing small island I think it was 50 acres large, in the middle of the Crimea. But these Ukrainian soldiers, even this desolate place, you will not take our land. What I'm saying here is I believe that that is a spirit that the Lord wants to drop in the church. It's a spirit of taking the land. It's a spirit of revival. It's a spirit of awakening. It's a spirit of understanding that out of the ashes, the church really needs to listen to what the Lord is looking to do in this hour. And I even think that we can learn from a little 80-year-old grandmother on the other side of the world. Out of the ashes. I I really believe that the Lord, and, and I said, if I taught this 20 years ago, we could be in agreement as well, but I really believe the Lord's heart is really breaking right now. He really wants a spirit of revival to fall on earth and I believe it's always his desire but he's waiting for a people who are going to respond to that right the lord needs fellowship the lord needs partnership and I believe it's his will at any given point to really drop a great worldwide revival but he's not going to dry, drop it until his bride is saying I'm ready to receive it and with all this stuff that's going on in current events I really believe that the lord is is priming the pump and he's trying to get people in the spirit to receive this notion. Ezekiel 37, let's, let's talk about out of the ashes, right? Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me, this is Ezekiel, and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and was full of bones. Many of you are familiar with this passage. It's a really, really great passage. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold... There were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied. There was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and their skin, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them we have here is a very, very famous piece of scripture, right? We see Ezekiel is called by God to prophesy to those things which are dead. You prophesy to those things which are dead. And when you prophesy, prophesy life will be breathed into them. The bones will be raised up and will be brought to the promised land because the Jewish people are in exile here. And then, there, then after all of that, there will be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Now, This scripture, I want to be very clear, this scripture right here is clearly talking about Israel, and I I do believe that part of this prophecy was fulfilled out of the ashes of the Holocaust. The Lord raised up these bones, brought them to the land of Israel, It says, I'll bring them to the land, and then I will pour out my spirit upon them. So I believe this prophecy has actually already happened, because I do believe, or part of it has happened, I believe it's specifically for the nation of Israel, because the gifts of the Lord are irrevocable. But, I think also prophetically there is a message for us in this. That out of the ashes of your life, and out of the problems of your life, that there can be a renewed life. Amen? But there's a thing here, and this is a thing that I feel the Lord is really putting his finger on right now. There would be no rattling of the bones... And people even love that worship song, Rattle. People love it. Look, there, there is no rattling of bones. And there is no picking up into a promised land unless there is a man that is willing to what? Prophesy. I believe the Lord is saying in this hour, we want this resurrection story. We want this resurrection story for your life. All the trials and the tribulations and the difficulties that you've gone through. We've been holding out for a resurrection and an awakening story for the church in America. It will not happen until there is a generation of Ezekiels that are going to prophesy. You need to prophesy to the bones. To call it forth. The Lord calls Ezekiel and the people to call that which is not into being. I, I mean, I, it's, it sounds like such a cliche. I, always, I always hate, Even not like talking like this, but you know, because we're always talking about revival, we're always talking about revival, and we're always talking about revival, and we're always talking about these things. But I, I just I have this sense that it, the Lord is 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 trying to get our attention with all of the things that have been transpiring in just the last couple of years, and now this whole next level, man, like. I'm not prophesying this, but what we are seeing right now, geopolitically, has the ability, have any kids here, has the ability to really, really, really blow up, literally. I'm not prophesying this, but someone who studies history, I mean, I know the word of the Lord, I know the word of the Lord, I know how the end goes down. Uh, but there are things, man, that are transpiring. I mean, you know, China is talking about the Taiwanese government saying that they saw Chinese warships getting really close. I mean, the, China said back in the 1950s during the Communist Revolution, and when the uh, people of China, some people in China moved over to Taiwan, um, they, they said they vowed that they will take back Taiwan. And just recently, there's been Chinese warships that have been getting dangerously close to the borders of Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan is a member of CETO, the Southeastern Asian Treaty Organization, which means an attack on one is an attack on all. So if China attacks Taiwan, that is the equivalent to attacking us. Uh, if a bomb goes over the border from Ukraine into Poland, that's an attack on Poland. Poland is a member of NATO. That means we have a responsibility underneath Article 5 of NATO to respond. That is World War III. Now, everyone loves to talk about Revelation and the, the armies from the north and the east. Well, you yeah, we've got some things here. Not that Russia and China are necessarily those armies, but that's the least direction. Right? But America, America. Well, America's not in the Bible. Not there. There's, there's, there's not a nation called, you know, the United States of America in here, right? Some people want to say that the, the eagle of Revelation is there. Uh, maybe that is. It's beyond my pay grade. The Lord knows. But what I'm, what I'm just trying to say here is that there is an element that is here that things are heating up or could heat up. Um, and so, in this, I, I, in the end of days, uh, there is a call of prophecy that there will be a great awakening on planet Earth. If we read uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Many of us know it. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens, and I will show wonders in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant who the Lord calls. What we see here is there is an awakening that occurs before God judges the nations. And in that awakening there is a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit like we have not seen Before. And I feel and I believe that the Lord's desire is for the bride to step into some of that destiny. But it doesn't just happen. There needs to be a response by the bride. You know, um, revival, right? Um, and I know many of you know this, but you know, revival in the spirit, um, it really does not begin with the lost. When we say we want to see revival on planet Earth, an awakening, a rebirth, and all this, it actually really does not begin with the loss. I mean, revival begins actually with the believer. Right? To be revived means you once were alive and now you're dead. If you're not a believer, you never were alive. So revival begins in the house of the Lord. It's, it's a revival of our, our connection to the Lord. It's a revival of a pursuit of holiness and devotion. It's, it's a revival of a restoration that's coming out of a deep understanding uh, of the love of Jesus over us. And it's going to bring an increase of the Holy Ghost in our life. That's, that's really what revival is. And it's expressed through people, yes, getting healed. And it's expressed through families being restored. And it's expressed with people coming to know the Lord. But it doesn't happen from the outside of the church walls in. It, it happens amongst us. And I think we really can understand, really, that the, the, the church itself needs to be revived. It really needs to be revived. When we just spent like oh, a month preaching on the, the world narrative. And we have seen how many churches have folded to that. Right? Like, like that's the opposite of revival here, guys. When, when you're listening to the, the narrative of the world instead of the narrative of the Spirit, um, at the same time, there, the, 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 the geopolitical environment of planet Earth is really getting dicey and is really getting pretty intense. And this, this is all stuff that lines up with Scripture, right? It all lines up with Scripture. Uh, Matthew 24, and, you know, and I'm trying to freak you out because as things get crazy, the Lord pours out a spirit of awesomeness on the Earth. Matthew 24, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Right? He's talking about the the end of time. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Like, Has anyone logged on to the internet this week? Right? That's what it's all about. Wars, rumors of wars. Rumors of potential other potentialities that may happen, and everything even I just said, Taiwan. It's all rumors of war. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And I will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Don't worry. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. It's a birth pain. For a nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, plagues, and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of the sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Okay? What's that? Yeah, what did I say? Oh, there you go. Uh, that's a little joke. Right? God, I, I had a little pause there. <laughs> Look, this is this is scripture. I mean, we, we see a lot of this happening right now: rumors of war, plagues, pestilence, all this stuff, right? So, um, you know, the question here is, I believe who, I know the answer, right? Who who here really wants to see a great move of the Lord? Right? Do you do you want to see a great move in thousands and hundreds of thousands and Millions of people accepting Christ as their Savior, right? You you want to see that, right? Yeah. Of course we do. I really believe what I'm seeing and registering on planet Earth and things aligning a little bit is that the Lord, you know, obviously has has really been trying to get the bride's attention uh, for decades here. Um, And the last two years, his voice has been getting louder. Um, Don't forget it. Don't forget it. It's very typical to go through a season of pressing and then there's a reprieve people forget it's a woman going through childbirth there's contraction release contraction release we're coming out of a contraction into a release right cdc just announced like they're saying that we no longer need to have masks and most counties in the United States, there's a little bit of a reprieve. Don't forget last year. Don't forget two years ago. Don't you dare forget when we were one of the only churches open because the government was saying that you should not. Amen. Don't forget it when the contraction happens and then there is a release. You can't forget it. Okay? You can't forget it because you're still in labor. Labor. The earth is still in labor. Don't forget it. And I think people already are. Maybe not in this house, but I think the big C church at large, oh, you know, things are calming down. Now. Like they're going to start to forget. Um, so I believe the Lord, particularly in these last two years, the Lord has been um, getting us, trying to get our attention. Um, and, 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 and I do believe people are feeling and hearing the Lord's voice. I, I absolutely do. Um, But my concern is that, is it possible, um, is it possible that uh, even some of the big names in ministry, uh, and maybe even you or maybe even I, are not interpreting the Lord's voice in the right manner? Just because you hear his voice and you feel him doesn't mean that you're necessarily understanding the interpretation of what he's doing. I'm not saying that to scare you. I mean, my sheep know my voice. But before you come to a conclusion, you, like you really need to go to the Lord and say, "Lord, like, but what is your voice saying?" Um, at the beginning of COVID, the Lord dropped something in my spirit. Um, I dared not share it because um, it goes up against very typical American Christian theology. I didn't share it. I didn't share it with any friends. And uh, maybe it's me being lame and cheesy. But uh, I finally feel a release to really release something that the Lord spoke to me two years ago at the beginning of COVID. Actually, I found myself on prayer calls uh, for COVID, and I was having a very hard time praying. Having a very hard time praying in agreement with other brothers and sisters because, like, I don't know if they're they're hearing the Lord's voice, but I don't know if they're interpreting His voice the right way. And uh, this this next little section may may ruffle some feathers. You know, we can agree to disagree in this house on most things. Right? This would fit into one of those things. Um, but I think we need to protect ourselves from just a voice. And when you say, "But what's the voice really meaning?" and a couple people that I have talked to, so you don't think I'm going off the rails, a couple people that I've talked to, and some people in here that I've talked to about it are in agreement with it. Uh, and it's just crazy that it was two years ago, and I was like, I can't say this. Um, this is Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. We love this, right? Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And there were so many people during COVID that were just praying away COVID, praying away COVID. And I was like, Lord, I don't feel comfortable with this. And already I'm getting like eyes, right? Because you have to read the context. You have to read the verse before it, which no one does. You just want to feel. You don't want to know the fullness of the word. Verse set up, uh, sorry, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 13. When I the Lord, when I the Lord, not Satan, When I, the Lord, shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence, send plagues among my people, if my people who call by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal their land. This does not fit into typical Western Christianity, so we can agree to disagree, but I have a responsibility before the Lord to give you what I believe the Lord is saying. Okay? Okay? Look, in 2 Chronicles here, who is sending the plague? Not Satan. Who sends the plague? I, the Lord. During Passover, who sends the angel of death? He very specifically says, it is I, the Lord, not a seraph. It's I, the Lord, not an angel. It's I, the Lord. I, the Lord, bring forth the angel of death over the nation of Egypt. We don't like that in Western Christianity. We do not like that. At the end of time, Jesus is coming with a sword to take out his enemies. Who is the one that is worthy to open the scrolls and pour out the bowls of wrath? Not Satan. Jesus. I I had a really hard time praying, praying praying away COVID. COVID. So I try to pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. You're like, wait, wait, I don't get it. God would never send a plague. Show me that. Show me that. But let's clear this up here. What is the purpose of the pestilence? What is the purpose of the locust? What is the purpose? To bring forth a spirit of repentance. The story of Passover, right? To know the word and to know what the Lord is doing, you have to read the entire of the Bible. Did the angel of death, or let's make it a modern time, did the plague of COVID, was it sent out to go after the nation of Israel or today the church? If you take a look at the story of Passover, that's the entire holiday The plague passed over the children of God. COVID's not for me. There's a difference. COVID's not for me. Psalm 91, right? Who abides in the shadow of the Almighty. Come on. No, pestilence shall come upon you. Doesn't mean that there's not going to be pestilence. It just means the pestilence will not come upon me. And I was not vaccinated, and I got COVID, and it was barely a cold. Because Psalm 91 no pestilence, no evil one. Where the blood is, the enemy cannot go. My house is a land of Goshen. But I want to clarify this. this is people, no, everyone was praying away COVID. You have to understand, everyone was praying away COVID. I am not going to pray away something that might be a righteous judgment of the Lord over a land that has become defiled. That would be like us in Egypt 4,000 years ago. Lord, please take away the plagues so that we do not enter into the land of promise. No, Lord, let your will be done until there's repentance. And repentance repentance brings revival. Repentance brings revival. Repentance brings revival. So, did the Lord send COVID? I don't exactly know because I'm not God. Did he just allow it to happen like a story of Job? Maybe! Those are like such theological conundrums that we get to figure out when we're in heaven. What we do know is this. The Lord says that he has brought forth, if he brings forth, and if there are locusts, and if there's pestilence, it's a warning sign, not to the Egyptians. It's a warning sign to my people. Do you see this? This COVID coming is not a warning sign to the lost to repent. It's a sign to my people. When that stuff happens, it's a sign to the sons and daughters of God to humble themselves and pray. Not the lost. Well, how can you say this? Come on. God has given the earth to man. He's given the earth to... To, to, to his bride. We have a responsibility to go forth with the power of the gospel. If this stuff is happening, there's an element that there is supposed to be a place of humility and humbling. I heard plenty of prayers about people praying prayers of humility, which are not humble at all, to, for the Lord to forgive the sins of the nations. I don't think I ever once heard a prayer, Lord, forgive the church of her sin. The church humbles itself. The bride humbles herself. I humble myself. I know COVID is not for me because the promises of the Lord and His covenant is that, that the, no evil shall befall you. But I humble before you. And I say, Lord, what have I done? What authority have done? Has the church given up that has allowed the enemy to work his wily ways? That people, the scripture says, brings a healing to the land. The healing to the land is revival. Revival. But did the big C church get that message the last two years? Some of them did. I don't know how many really did though. It's important for you to understand the theology here, right? Did God do this? Did Satan do this? I don't know. that's That's like heavenly throne room stuff. But I think what's important is whether it's the angel of death that was sent out during the time of Passover or if it's COVID that is sent out now, Psalm 91. The pestilence, the plague is not targeting the believer or his people, but it is supposed to awaken the believer to repent and pray. There's a difference I hope you got it. If not, we could talk later. Now, this, is, this, is, this takes us to another level of, of, of sensitivity, which I've been dancing around for a long time, uh, but I really want to just get into it now. Part of this energy of not being able to see a spirit of revival falling and not be able to see these things like the plagues and the pestilence is because uh, largely believers in the West, specifically um, the United States, once again, this is be one of those things that we can kind of sort of agree to disagree on, have adopted a theology uh, which is known as victorious eschatology. Might be a little bit over some of your heads, but let me explain what victorious ex- eschatology is. Eschatology is a, an unfolding of the future. Victorious eschatology, in my belief, as I read the scriptures, is bad theology. With all due respect, because there's actually quite a few people that I know here, uh, that are a little bit more in that camp. I, I personally think it's it's very bad theology. Um, but it sells a lot of books. It grows churches tremendously. Some of the biggest people that you listen to are hardcore victorious eschatology. It's probably why we all listen to them. What is this? Is this is going to be sensitive for some of you. Victorious ex- eschatology is this: that the church. We'll, let me let me. Really, listen this is the church will only be victorious going forward. The church will only be victorious in the natural, meaning that as time goes on, before the coming of Jesus, that things will only get better until Christ's return. That we're on an upward mobility, upward mobility like things are only going to get better. Things are only going to get better. Things are only going to be better, 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 better until finally the entire Congress are all born again, spirit filled believers. And things are ideal, and then Jesus returns. Okay? You have to understand, I'm pleased, I want you, I'm encouraging you to challenge me in love with this. I don't find that anywhere, anywhere in the scripture. We actually have the opposite, the complete opposite. I am promising you the church, persecution, tribulation, and for some it says in Matthew 24, and some of you will even be killed. Victorious Esotology, I'm telling you, it sells a lot of books, packs out a lot of conferences. It does a lot. With all due respect, I, I really do believe it's bad theology. But let me clarify, because the enemy likes to spin things. The scripture does say that the church advances. The church absolutely advances. The church advances in the spirit. The church advances with the, with, with the speaking of the gospel. But the speaking of the gospel may mean death. See, you have, to, you have to do this fancy little thing that's not so fancy, and it's this. You have to understand what does success look like in the gospel. What does success look like? What does victory in Jesus really look like? Okay? Victory in the Spirit is not necessarily bringing an earthly kingdom run by all Christians. Victory in the Spirit is a worldwide revival in the midst of persecution, trial, and tribulation that welcomes the coming of the Son. That's what the Word says. So you just got to understand, what what do we mean by victory? What do we mean? Is it natural that we're all going to be millionaires, and we're all going to be in seats of power in government and things like that? Or is victory meaning a success that in the Spirit we see a worldwide revival that ushers in a coming of the Son? The victorious eschatology piece, um, it really, let me me be frank with you, it only works in America. It only works in the West. You cannot preach victorious eschatology in Iran. You cannot preach victorious eschatology in Afghanistan. You right now cannot preach victorious eschatology in Ukraine. They're like, but there's trial, there's tribulation, there's difficulty. Like, My government's persecuting me. Like, what's going on here? So we've got to be very careful, and victorious theology only works when there's not an American Great Depression. Do you think during the Great Depression that people were like, you know, so you're $100 and the Lord's going to make you a millionaire during the Great Depression, or during an American Civil War, or the days after 9-11, right? It was, it was a call. It was a call that through these difficulties, no evil shall befall me, but I am to repent. Repent, really, for for not walking out the gospel and not showing my brethren and my citizens and my fellow man the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you have to be very careful. Because on one end, you're like, well, I'm not saying we're promised all destruction when a plague or something comes. We have Psalm 91. You have to juxtapose that to the scriptures that say, tough times do come. And it's not all gravy train up. If I read Revelation... If I read Daniel 9, if I read Matthew 24, if I read the word, I see that actually there will be a shaking. There's gonna be a shaking of the earth. But it's not depressing. It's only depressing if you're not saved. It's only depressing if you're looking just to come to church so the Lord can bestow upon you all this earthly, natural money and blessings. It's like, dude, the Lord promises the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost on planet Earth. you gotta start getting this, You got to start getting this thing in our kiskas, man, in our spirit. Paul the Apostle, oh, that I could give up my very salvation so just one of my brethren can come to the Lord. Like, that's different with all due respect to people who I've literally heard, like, I'm going to pray that I get the best parking spot at the grocery store. Oh, Lord, let me give up that parking spot. Save it for a woman who is eight months pregnant, dear Jesus. You're called to be sons and priests to prefer and bless others. Don't I don't want the parking spot. Lord, don't upgrade me to first class on the airport. Give it to someone in need. That's crazy, man. You know the Pope of all people refused to fly first class. He's back at coach with everyone. It's great. Where am I? I don't know. You're gonna get in trouble. All right. Well, all this is saying is I believe the Lord is looking to us to awaken to receive a spirit revival. It's going to take a little correction. It's going to take, it's not about me. It's about King Jesus, right? Come on, let us be reminded. First Peter 4, for the time has come for judgment to begin in the enemy of the Lord. No, judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteousness once is scarcely saved, I'm sorry, now if the righteous... One is scarce, saith. Where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12, my son, and James, if you come on down, please? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, he disciplines and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not their, or not sons. What is this? This is if there is a judgment upon you, if there is a discipline upon you, you are to rejoice. Because the only people that get disciplined by a father is the, and are the, Sons and daughters, right? It's a. Now don't be spoiled two year olds. Judgment and discipline is good because it shows that you're a son. If the Lord is not taking time to work with me, that means I'm not a son of Him. So. I believe the Lord, with everything that's going on on planet Earth, he's trying to get us to interpret his voice. The enemy has put a, taken the pedal, or taken his foot off the pedal a little bit, to give a false sense of reprieve. But this whole situation with Ukraine and Russia, it's like, mmm, he's still working, man. Satan's still trying to do his thing. And the scriptures make it, I think, pretty clear, right? When things happen, drought, plague, pestilence. It is supposed to be a wake-up call to the church, not the lost. The church is supposed to respond. We are supposed to repent. Like King David, right? Show me my hidden sins, O Lord. What have I uplifted that is of the world and not of Christ? I believe the Lord is also speaking to us in this hour. He's trying to get our attention that we would prophesy to the dry bones. We need to prophesy to the dry bones of the churches on every street corner and say it's time to arise out of the ashes. We need to prophesy to ourselves. Whatever difficulty you've gone through or any kind of trouble... You actually physically and verbally and audibly need to say, Oh, soul that is disquieted within me, Psalm 48. Why are you disquieted? Rise up and have hope in God. I believe the Lord is releasing right now on the earth a call. A call for a generation of Ezekiels. Are you willing the lord doesn't just raise up the bones he doesn't just pour out his spirit he needs an ezekiel who will prophetically speak it forth first corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to god for no one understands him however in the spirit he speaks mysteries But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues. I wish that you would all speak in tongues. But even more than speaking in tongues, I wish that you would all prophesy. Let's quickly understand Biblical prophecy, because that, too, has become corrupted. Prophecy in the Scripture is not only predicting the future. And prophecy also is not just words of knowledge. But yet everyone wants words of knowledge, and everyone wants to predict the future. What is biblical prophecy? Yes, there is a place for those things, but biblical prophecy is a verbal agreement with the word. Why don't we stand? Biblical prophecy is verbal agreement with the word, it is to align with the word of the Lord and to call it forth. Like Ezekiel says, the Lord has spoken that he wants to rise up life out of ashes. The Lord has spoken. And is saying that he wants to assemble the dry bones and give them life again. Now, the dry bones in the valley was the nation of Israel. It's very apropos and prophetically likened unto the church. It's like we need to speak to the church and be like, You're dead. You're going to rise up and receive the power of the Holy Ghost, but we need to prophesy it. I believe with this whole thing going on with Ukraine and Truck convoys and all this that the Lord is wanting to drop a resistance and warrior spirit, a warring against the spirit of the world, not against flesh and blood, but a warrior code, a warrior resistance, just like that little Ukrainian lady of defiance. Like, I'm holding on to this land, I'm holding on to the land and the spirit that the Lord has given us. For a long time now, guys. We at Bristol have been sowing the seeds of revival. We've been sowing, man. We've been sowing and sowing and sowing. We've had intercession and prayer. We've had worship and warfare. We've had teaching doctrine. We've had community. I am telling you that we have been sowing, and mark my words, the time of reaping is coming. A time to reap and to see real, legitimate, Holy Ghost revival in this place but the dry bones don't just come a rattling until there is Ezekiel that prophesies it ain't gonna just happen the Lord wants to partner with you you need to rise up in your divine calling and destiny like Ezekiel and speak to the four winds of the earth arise to your calling arise to your destiny in the midst of pestilence and plague and drought and rumors of war repent and humble yourself to church and ask the lord lord reveal unto me any contrite spirit reveal unto me any hidden sin i just want to be oh, i just want my carnal flesh to be destroyed to be resurrected in the things of christ it's the time The time is rapidly approaching. The birth pains are coming. Don't be lulled to sleep in the break of the contraction. We prophesy to the dry bones in this church. You see, we have no business prophesying to bones outside of this church until we prophesy to the bones in this church. We prophesy to any dry bones in this church to arise to your calling of the Lord to rise up we speak forth right now the destiny for you to be a mover and a shaker a destiny for you to repent before the living God that will bring forth an expectation of the Holy Ghost Lord God we pray forth a Joel 2 and a Joel 3 experience right now for prophecy for visions for dreams for healing for repentance Lord Lord we cry out in this house dry bones I want to hear a rattling dry bones I want to hear the graves opening come out of your stupor come out of your sleepiness and your drowsiness for the hour of the Lord the hour of the Lord the hour of the Lord is at hand come on let's prophesy come on let's prophesy